Hello. This uh David Phillips for the uh, Word and Story podcast. For the week of December 9th, the Sunday of December 9th, this would be the second week in Advent for 2018. Hope you're doing well. Uh, the text we're going to look at today is uh, the Gospel text, Luke chapter 3, verse, verses 1 through 6. So let's read that, and then we'll get into it. In the 15th year of the reign of Imperial Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachantus and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of, of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of the one crying out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I love this passage. And I love it because, uh, um, just because it's so appropriate for today it's actually appropriate for the 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 interim that i am working in um that i'll go into a little bit of of detail about it the church is uh the pastor stayed about 10 years too long uh they declined and declined and declined his health declined and now they're left with about 10 to 20 that meet on Sunday and um, they've got to make a decision um, about what they're going to do. And um, one of the things they have, a they have a Spanish church that meets in their facility at the same time. And um, they are going to, uh, they're making a decision this week, actually, are, if they're going to, uh, turn that, just turn everything over, deed everything to the Spanish church. And, um, I think it's a great idea. There's also an African American church that meets in the facility after the Spanish church. And, um, so you have these three ethnic, uh, churches meeting one, the church, the, the, the church that holds the deed to the building, is going to pass that on, and um, and assuming that make, they make that decision this week, which I think it's going to be uh, done, and um, because the people know and realize it, but uh, this is a very appropriate passage for this week because um, I'm actually going to take the 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 road of. Um, let's see how, how, how we can break down barriers for others to take 
and to take the gospel and to present the salvation of Jesus and the legacy that this church is going to leave behind by passing it down and passing it off and um, uh, the, the ease with which this church, this new church, this uh, Spanish-speaking church is going to be able to intersect the gospel and the community and I think it's a, a great situation. So this passage has been uh, very appropriate for the time. And uh, so I'm going to kind of teach it and preach it and share it in that way. But let's look at the text because there's so much here. So in that first verse, uh, first two verses, actually, you get uh, the names of seven people. You get a time frame. You get uh, the roles of who those seven people were. And in doing this, Luke is actually placing the message and placing John in context. This is not some uh, pie-in-the-sky um, kind of situation. This is, this is Luke placing John the Baptist in context. And the gospel needs to be shared in context it is shared in a time and it is shared in a place and those two need to be considered when you share the message of the salvation of jesus and that's what he does that's what that's what luke does in this passage he places it there and he places it there to let them know that there is a time and place and it's for historical accuracy true but for us it's a reminder that when we when we go from one location to another when we when we leave delaware and come to atlanta when we leave uh florida and go to delaware or florida and go to wisconsin or florida and go to california or michigan or Nebraska, that the people have changed, the context has changed, the, the culture has changed, and we need to place the gospel in that time and in that place. And so when we share, we share contextually. We uh, incarnate the gospel in a, in a time and in a place. And then the text says that the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And so it places not only the, uh, we, don't, we, we have a context of time, but we also have a context in place. And, and in the wilderness, where John is, it's, it's not a desert, per se, where nothing happens. In Luke, a lot of activity happens. It's a busy place. And it's also a reminder of Israel's days in the desert when the, when the exodus occurred and God led the people out. And, and in doing this, Luke is saying, hey, John is not the Savior. John is not the one leading the people out of the wilderness, out of the, the desert. It is not an echodos, a way out. John is not the way out. 
but someone else is. And, and, and it does. It, it takes us back to that, to that echodos, that exodus from the book of Exodus. And it reminds us that Israel was, um, was the one who was supposed to be the, the salvation, the, the light of the world. And they abandoned that role. And so John, the word of God, after 400 years or so of silence, the word of God comes to John, son of Zechariah, who is ill in the wilderness. And so let's, let's talk about what's going on, because uh, it is a time and it is a place. Let's talk about a little bit about what's going on for the nation. The nation of Israel was under a heavy political rule. The uh, Rome was, was in control. There was overtaxation. There was brutality. There was pressure from the government. But they, there was also this religious oppression that was going on. Uh, so you, you have the, the political system, which was Rome. You had the, the temple system and the the oppression that that was the the burdensome laws that that were coming out of the of the temple system the religious system was um was rough too and so you have a, a political and a and a religious oppression and they were ripe for change they were longing for god to deliver his people. And God spoke. Clearly not in the way they thought or to whom they thought he would speak, especially from the perspective of the religious leaders, but God spoke. And he spoke to to a man in the wilderness who just happened to be the cousin of Jesus. And so John went in around into all the region around Jordan and he proclaimed a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. Now, what, what I found is uh, interesting is this, um, this word forgiveness. Um, it's a word that, that par- part of its heritage is let it go. Not the Elsa song from Frozen, you know what I mean, but to let it go. And it, while, while it is very interesting that, that only God lets go of forgiveness. And so, and so John is preaching, a, a proclaiming, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. In other words, uh, come, be baptized, repent, and God will let it go. God will let it go. And it won't hold you back anymore. And then a great, great story. And a great, great promise 
that God will let it go. When we repent, God lets it go. And John's baptism is not what we would think of post-Pentecost. It's not what we think of as necessarily as Christians. This baptism, it signifies a preparation for judgment and acceptance that repentance alone, not our status, not our bloodlines, not our, um, uh, not our position, none of that can bring forgiveness when judgment arrives. This is not a, a baptism. You've confessed your sins, and uh, now you've become a follower of Jesus, and so you're going to follow through in a in believer's baptism. This is this is a preparation for the coming of Jesus. It starts with repentance, asking God to let go of our sins, to start fresh and new. And so John calls the people in the, in the area around Jordan to a baptism of repentance, that the Lord is coming, that the Messiah is coming, that judgment is coming, and they need to be ready, and they need to ask forgiveness for the sins that they have committed. They need to prepare their hearts, prepare their minds and their spirits to hear the, the coming, to see the coming, to be a part of the coming of the Lord. And they need to be fresh and ready and have a blank slate and starting anew. And John calls him to this. This is not just to come and be baptized. This is come and be prepared for the come and prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord. The word of the Lord spoke. And the presence of God is back. It really didn't leave. I mean, you you know that. We know that. The presence of God is omnipresent. It just wasn't evident. It wasn't evident to the people. But it was indeed there. And, and so they needed to be aware of it. Be prepared for the coming of the Savior because the Spirit of the Lord is here and it's about to move. And then John, uh, Luke, reminds us of, of what role John plays. It's written in the book of of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. For every valley shall be filled and every mountain shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This comes from Isaiah 40 and um, it it is a huge reminder for us. Isaiah 40 was a word to exiles in Babylon, and it, uh, and it would bring, and it, it was written, part of what it was, part of what it was, what was going on when it was written back during the time of, of Isaiah, it was, it, was, it was to bring comfort to Israel, that their time of oppression was coming to an end, and God had not forgotten them. In this passage... 
it's a reminder of the same, that God had not forgotten them, that the time of oppression was coming to an end. It was coming in a different way. But nonetheless, it was coming to an end. And, and the prophet was to prepare the people to hear and receive the word of God. The way I'm going to preach this on Sunday and the way that I think it could be taught is, is this. You know, um, the preparation for the Lord means breaking down all the obstacles. Part of part the preparation of the Lord is to break down all the obstacles to get to him. When, when valleys are filled up, it's flat land. When mountains and hills are made low, it's flat land. When crooked, uh, crooked things are made straight, it's straight and flat. When rough things are made smooth, it's, things are easy going. It's not a rough trip. It's not a rough journey. This is the Lord coming back. This is the people being prepared and doing the things that they need to be doing to make sure that the, that the Lord has a, a, a straight shot to their lives. In Isaiah 40, it was a straight shot to their city. It was also a straight shot for, for them to get to God. And that's our role as a prophet. That's our role as a church. That's our role as a communicator. That's our role as a Christian is to prepare the way for people to experience the salvation of God. We are to make obstacles disappear so that the only obstacle that stands before them is the cross. And the cross is heavy, and the cross is tough, and the cross is a cost that must be paid. The life of a Christian is not easy. The life of a Christian is filled with trial, it's filled with difficulties, it's filled with challenges and temptations. But getting there should not be. Getting to that point of encountering Jesus should not be something that that is difficult. There should not be obstacles in the way, especially from Christians. And so we need to think about that. We need to think about how we communicate and how we share. We need to think about the lives that we live and what we, what we do. We need to think of the message of, that the church communicates. And we need to explore that and ask the question, is this potentially an obstacle that, that prevents others from experiencing the salvation of God? I'm not talking about leniency. I'm not talking about distorting the, the gospel. I'm not talking about ab- abandoning theology in any way. The, the question is, what are we putting up in front of a world that doesn't know Jesus that would keep them from knowing Jesus? We need to prepare the way by knocking down obstacles instead of putting them up. We need to hear the word of the Lord on this. 
We need to follow the pattern of John the baptizer. That in a context, in a certain time frame, in a certain location, in a context, in time and place, we are to take the message of the salvation of God and communicate it and share it and live it in a way that people have have no limitations about coming to the faith and have no obstacles. That it's a straight shot on a flat land. Life automatically or already makes it difficult. We should not be making it even more difficult. And so on this on this uh, second Sunday in Advent, two thoughts. Are we prepared ourselves through, through confession and repentance to hear and see the word and the presence of the Savior? And the second is, how have we prepared the culture and the world around us, the field around us so that others do not have obstacles to hear and know the salvation of God. You think on that. Blessings and amen.